Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministry. So glad to have you today. Before we get into the word, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, most awesome and wonderful Lord, we just praise your most magnificent name. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to spread your word today, Lord. And I thank you for those that are listening to this message. And I ask that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord, to receive your words today so that when it's time to use them, that they would just come bubbling up without having to think about it, Lord God. Take this message where you will for your glory and your honor and your praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise the living God. Again, glad to have you here today that you so that you can join us in partaking of God's word. And if you don't have your Bibles, go ahead and pause this message and uh, grab your Bible and come on back so you can follow along with us as we dive into scripture. And we're going to start right away in jumping into James chapter four. Okay. James chapter four. And we're going to start in verse number one. James chapter four, verse one. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and you cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Underline that. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Today, I want to talk to you about drawing near to God. Because we need to have a a close walk with God. And and there are many Christians out there that know God, but they don't know God. Okay, They may talk to God on occasion. They may read the Bible on occasion. But then when their lives don't go the way that they think they should, or they seem like that they're, they're faced with issue after issue after issue after issue, and they start feeling like God isn't there, and they feel like God just isn't listening to me and, and, and he's not helping me out and, and, and he's not responding to, 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 to my call. We can start to feel distant from God. But the reality is, is God has heard us. But knowing God, it's a process. Okay? You don't, we don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden we know God. We have to go through a process of getting to know God, which is no different than anything else that you're seeking after in life. If you want a job, a certain position, you go through a process of obtaining training and and job shadowing, maybe even going to seminars to get some additional experience. You maybe get pulled into special projects so that you can add those things to your resume so that when the time comes for that job to open up, you can actually apply for it and interview for the job because now you've got the skills to get there. Or when you were seeking after a goal. There's things that you have to do to be able to accomplish that goal. You just, there's no shortcut. There's no, I'm going to write this goal down on paper and then come tomorrow, bang, I'm going to get that goal tomorrow. No, you put the goal down on paper and you have to develop steps 
to be able to get there. Well, there's processes and things we have to go through in order to know God. We have to get to know God in order to know God. And there's many ways to draw near to God. But what we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on communicating with God. Because oftentimes, communication with God is lacking. And it's not on God's end, it's on our end. See, we'll ask God for something and then we'll just be done with it. We won't talk to God ever again. Or we'll cry out to God in our most challenging times and our most trying times. But as long as we're not in a trial, we won't talk to him. It seems like we only go to him at times when, when we need him. But you can't draw near to God when you, when you do that. The other thing is the things that we ask from God, sometimes they're not in a line with what he has in plan, what he has in store for us. All right. In James chapter two, it says on the tail end of James chapter two, yet you do not have because you do not ask. And verse three says you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. OK, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. If you're asking for things that, 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 that are only going to benefit you and not benefit others or are, are asking for things that aren't in alignment with God's will, then it's almost impossible to get closer to him. Now, there's two things that are required in order to draw near to God. That's faith and that's obedience. OK, you have to have faith in knowing that when you sent up that prayer and you talk to God, that he actually heard you, even though he doesn't respond back. Like if like 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 if I was talking to you face to face and and you respond back to me and, and I would respond to you, even though he doesn't respond in that manner, having faith to know that he did hear us and that he did respond. And it might take some time for that to make itself manifest in the physical realm and in this realm that we operate in. But it will come at some point in his time. Obedience to 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 following his every command, especially, especially if you're asking God for direction. If you're not sure what path to go or which which way to go and you send up that prayer to God, you have to be obedient to what he says when he responds to you. Last week, we saw what happened with Israel at the Battle of Ai. They defeated Jericho by following God's instruction. But they also didn't do something that God told them to do. God told them, do not take of the accursed thing. And Achan, of course, took of the accursed thing. So now when they went to go battle at Ai, they couldn't be victorious in that first battle because of that accursed thing. They had to get rid of that. All right. So we have to be obedient to following God, to, to following God when he talks to us. There's three ways that we actually communicate with God. And that's what we're going to get into. The first one is prayer. The first way we communicate with God is prayer. The second type of communication with God is praise. And they're not the same. They're different. And we're going to look at what makes them different. And the third way we pray, we, we communicate with God is personal communication. So there's praise, there's prayer, there's praise, and there's personal communication with God. And we're going to look at each one of those today. Starting first with prayer, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And we're going to start in verse number 20. Mark chapter 11, verse number 20. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. 
So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. There we see the faith. Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Underline that. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So prayer is asking. Asking God for something. Prayer is the communication that we use when we make a request to God. We ask him to deliver us from a situation. We ask him to heal an infirmity in our body. We ask him to remove a fear that we have because we don't know the outcome of a situation. Maybe you're going on a job interview and you're feeling some fear about being in front of a panel, you know, whatever it's virtually, you know, through through some sort of teleconferencing service or if it's in person in an actual conference room and you have some fear about that. When you when you ask God to remove that fear, that is prayer. It's making that request. And in fact, Philippians four, six says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known known to God. OK. So prayer is that communication that we use to ask God for something. We also see, again, the importance of having faith when we're communicating with God. Faith is required to draw near to God. It's required to draw near to God. The Bible says that for without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you feel like you're not drawing near to God, you're not that close to God. You got to ask yourself, do I have faith in God? You think about somebody that you're not necessarily close with. Okay. Maybe you guys were close at one point in time. Maybe this is a friend from high school and just over time, you just lost communication with each other and you're no longer speaking and, and, and not anything malicious. It's just, you just lost contact with each other. You're not speaking anymore. Or maybe you guys were friends and it was just one of those like, yeah, you had a falling out and now you don't, you no longer speak. Well, how much do you trust that individual? How much faith do you have that that individual is going to do something that you ask them to do? If you're not close with the person, you don't have faith that they're going to do what you might need them to do. So if you don't have faith in God, there's no way that you can actually draw near to God. And our faith is tested all the time. But in those trials and tribulations, we need to hold fast to knowing that God is who he says he is and that he will deliver us from every single situation. Okay. Um, verse 24 again, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Underline that if you don't have it underlined already. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. We can send requests up to God all day long, but if we're harboring unforgiveness towards someone, there's no way that those prayers can become answered. There's no way. The Bible even talks about when, when, when you make a sacrifice, that if you have an ought against your brother, go resolve, leave your, your sacrifice at the altar and go resolve that first before you come back. Okay? There's something about unforgiveness that, 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 that and, and really the reality of it is, is unforgiveness is sin. That sin is not going to allow prayers to be answered. Therefore, if you are living in sin and you're asking God for prayer, 
or you're asking God through prayer for something, God can't look at that sin. So God can hear your prayer, but he can't act on that prayer because you're still harboring sin in your life. Israel could not defeat Ai in that first battle because there was sin in the camp. There was an accursed thing in the camp. It wasn't until that thing was gotten rid of, okay, and, and Achan and his family were stoned per God's instructions. It wasn't until that happened that then allowed God to give Joshua specific instructions on how to deal with Ai, that city, and they actually overthrew the city. So if you're waiting to hear back from God, and you can have all the faith in the world. You're waiting to hear back from God. But if you got sin in your camp, there's no way God is going to be able to respond to you. OK. Unforgiveness is a heavy burden. And all sin is a heavy burden. But you have to empty out that baggage and leave that baggage behind before you ask God to take you somewhere. When you go to the airport, one of the first things you have to do, you're checking at the counter. And you have to put your bag up on the scale. And that bag can't be over a certain weight or it won't be allowed on the train on, on the plane. You have to empty some things out of there to get it within a certain weight so that it doesn't make the plane too heavy so that the plane can actually lift off. Well, when you go to the counter, you get ready to check in at God on God Airlines. OK, because you're praying for God to take you from where you are to somewhere else. You can't bring that baggage with you. You can't bring unforgiveness with you. And, 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 and as children of God, we don't like to think that we may actually be harboring unforgiveness towards someone. But there might be a chance that we are. An easy way to check that. How do you how do you feel anytime you hear a person's name? What kind of feelings does it bring up? Or, or how do you feel when you actually see that individual? Does it all just bring every time you see them and hear them? Does it always just bring up uh, uh, emotions uh, of anger and frustration and, and 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 sadness? All these negative feelings towards that person? Because if it is, if that's the uh, the the feeling you get every time you see that person, you might want to check with God to see: Are you possibly harboring unforgiveness towards them? And unforgiveness gone unchecked will lead to hatred. Okay, it will lead to hatred. You know. The problem that we hear so much about in this country, in the U.S., okay, there's always this, this discussion about problems around race and race relations and social justice reform and all of these things. And if you look at the root of it and you look at it from God's perspective, there is a spirit of unforgiveness that is operating in people's lives. Unforgiveness that doesn't allow them to get over something that happened when none of us were around. And as children of God, we need to keep our eye out on those kind of things, because if we can rebuke that spirit of unforgiveness, a lot of things will change. A lot of things will change. But we have to know that as children of God, we have to remember that, that our battle is not with flesh and blood. OK, it's not with flesh and blood. It's not with that politician that might be making decisions that you don't agree with. It's not with school board members that are that, that, that are putting things in the school and encouraging things to be taught in the school to our children that we know is contrary to the word of God. It's not those people. It's the forces of darkness that is driving the behavior. That's what we have to come against. That's what we have to come against as, as, as children of God. If you try to bring baggage with you on your journey with God, 
All you're going to do is delay yourself getting to that destination. You're just going to delay yourself getting to that destination. You're going to delay that prayer from being answered. Okay. It's going to take longer because you're bringing extra baggage. You have to empty out your bag and be able to only take with it, take with you the things that God tells you to take with you. If he tells you to take anything at all. Okay. So that's prayer. Prayer is sending that request to God, but having faith when we pray is critical in getting that prayer answered and then being obedient to his response to that prayer is what's going to help us ensure that we stay in alignment with God and that we're staying close to God and that we're getting closer and closer and closer to him because drawing near to God is a process. Okay. It's a process. The next form of communication we're going to look at is praise. Turning your Bibles to Psalms chapter 136. Psalms chapter 136. And we're going to start in verse number 11. Psalms 136 verse 11. I think that's where I start. Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Actually, let's go back. Let's back up to verse number 10. To him who struck Egypt in their first firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. I'm going to pause there for a second. Leading his people through the wilderness. Okay. When we pray to God and we're asking him to take us out of a situation, it is of utmost importance that we let him lead us through the situation. Okay. Lead us through the situation. Because it's one thing to be obedient to God where he tells you, okay, do one, two, and three, take, do these steps and do them in that order. But when he gives you that instruction, do you just take that instruction and run? Or do you say, Lord, I want you to come with me while I execute this. Okay. There's a big difference there. All right. If I'm t- telling my child how to do something, let's say, let's say I'm, I'm teaching my, 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 my kids or I'm showing them how to change the oil on, a, on, on my car. I can give them instructions. I can write it to do this, do that, do that, and this, and this, check for this, check for that. But I'm not going to, no way in the world am I just going to leave them in the garage and say, okay, there you go. You got your instruction. I'm going to be there with them to guide them as they're executing my instruction. Okay. So in verse 16, again, to him who led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives flood to all who gives food, excuse me, to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh give thanks to God to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever.
or give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. There's a lot of things in that in, in, in that chapter. Okay. A lot of things in, in that chapter. And what is praise? Praise is giving God thanks for who he is and for what he's done and for what he is going to do in your life that has not yet manifested itself. Praise is letting God know that we haven't forgotten who he is, that we haven't forgotten the blessings that he that he has given us. You see, oftentimes we get we, we get so wrapped up when we see or we or we get so wrapped around the axle when we see uh, um, somebody that that is maybe leading a praise and worship service and we hear the wonderful words that, that, that they're saying. And we think that that's what praise and worship is, is that we have to have these fancy words and we have to have this beautiful voice when we're praising God. And it's not about that at all. That individual has a gift that God has given them in terms of leading praise and worship. Okay. And they're just tapping into that gift every single time they're leading that, 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 uh, that, that worship service. But that doesn't mean that, that, that you have to have those fancy words or fancy music to be able to praise and worship God. You can praise God without music. Okay. You can be in your shower and you can praise God while you're in the shower. You can praise God in the car. You can praise God while you're out going for a run. You know, it might be a little bit hard. You might might be out of breath or something like that trying trying to do that. But you can praise God anywhere at any time. There's no need to make praise and worship complicated because it's not complicated. Giving God thanks is praise, reminding him, and it's not reminding him, it's reminding ourselves that, Lord, I have not forgotten who you are and what you've done. That's giving God praise. It shouldn't be hard for us to find things to praise God for at all. Okay? Shouldn't be hard at all. If you're not sure, an easy thing that you can do, just create a list of all the things that you're thankful for. All the things that you're thankful for, no matter how big or small. Lord, I'm thank you that I ha- I thank you that I have a job. I thank you, Lord, that I'm he- that I'm healthy. I thank you, Lord, for helping me to find my keys the other day when I couldn't when I couldn't find them. Thank you, Lord, for a house, for a food, for a mode of transportation to get around to do the things that I need to do. Thank you for cl- for for having clothes. Okay. There's nothing too small that you should that that you can thank God for. Because if you can thank God for the little things, then that shows him that he can bless you with the big things and that you're not going to get puffed up and that you're not going to forget about him when you do get that big thing. Make that list. You'd be surprised how long that that, that list is. Okay, that's a way that you can you can thank God or you can you can praise God. More a couple of other things that you can you, uh, you can do as well is you can go through Psalms 136. Go through that whole chapter there and see how that is thanksgiving to God, how that's praise to God. How it's talking about Israel and, and the struggles that it, that, that it had when it was under the, 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 um, uh, the ownership of Pharaoh in Egypt. Praising God about how God struck down Pharaoh and struck down great kings and, and defeated Pharaoh in the Red Sea. And how God parted the Red Sea so that Israel can walk through the Red Sea on dry land. And then the sea closed over them and and, and engulfing all of Pharaoh and his army and Israel was free. The time Israel had to wander through the desert, how God was still there with them. 
God was still there with them. They had a lot of things that they had to deal with when they were going through the, through the desert. And it definitely wasn't what God wanted them to go through, but he had them go through it. He allowed them to go through it. Okay. But God is still there in our lives. God has always been there for us and always been there with us. The times that it seemed like he wasn't there. It wasn't because he left us. It was because he was working behind the scenes. Or it could very well be that we walked away from God. God never turns his back on us. We choose to turn our back on him. And we start getting further and further and further away from him. See, because God is always standing there. And he's always got his hand outstretched. But the reason why we can't touch his hand oftentimes is because we are too far away from him. We are too far away. And God is just saying, I'm here where I've always been, my child. If you just come back this way, you can reach my hand. If you stop going down this path, the path that I am not on, you can touch my hand. Because the reason why I'm standing here is because we need to go this way. You want to go that way. So if you go that way, that's all fine. And well, I'm standing right here. And whenever you're ready to go back down this path, I'll be standing right here with you. Because when you do do come back and you grab my hand, I'm going to hold your hand the entire way down that path. I'm never going to let go of your hand. You, de- you, go, you veer off that path, then I'm going to have to let go. But if you hold my hand, we'll continue down that path and we're going to continue down there together. There are so many things that we can be thankful for. Breathing, just waking up in the morning. Okay. I remember one time talking on the, I was on the bus, taking the bus to work several years ago and was talking to this individual that was just, you know, kind of down in the dumps. And I don't even remember how the conversation started or, or how, how it got started. And, you know, I told him, I said, well, I said, you know, you, you got a lot to be thankful for. It's like, what do I have to be thankful for? I have to, these shoes that I'm wearing, I found these over in the, in, in the dumpster the other day and I have to wear these. What, what is there to be thankful for? And I just looked at him and I said, well, the fact that you're sitting on this bus and, com- and complaining about the fact that you have to get shoes out of the dumpster. I said, that's something to be thankful for because you're breathing, because you're alive, because you're walking. Because you have all your limbs, because you have a way to pay to be on the bus to get you to wherever it is that you're going. And he kind of just looked at me and was like, oh, well, and then that was the end of the conversation. He didn't say anything else to me, to, to me after that. But I could tell it was it was he was processing what, what, what I was saying. We should always be able to find things to, to thank God for. OK, always should be able to find things to thank God for. So that's praise. All right. So prayer is when we ask God for things and we send that request to him and we ask him to do something for us. Praise is what we do when we want to let him know that we have not forgotten who he is and and what he's done for us. The last type of communication is personal communication. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. And we're going to start in verse number seven. Exodus 33, uh, verse seven. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out of the went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out uh, out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. 
the, and the Lord talked with Moses. Underline that. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Underline that. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man. That's personal conversation. How many of us think of God as a friend of ours? How many of us treat God as a friend? Okay. There's a song by the, the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and it's, it's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And part of the song goes, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs to bear. Uh, what a privilege it is to carry all of our griefs to God in um, in prayer. OK, or, or, or something to that effect. And basically what that means is that God is my friend and we are privileged as children of God to be able to take our 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 problems to our friend. How many of us actually really, really, really get that deep in our spirit and understand what it means to have God as a friend? This doesn't say that Moses had some fancy speech or some uh, um, fancy way to address God. It said he spoke to God and, God and God spoke to him as a man speaks to his friend. That means that Moses was favored by God to the way God can even consider him a friend. Does God consider you a friend? How well do you know God? How do you treat God? Okay. Yes, God is all powerful and, 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 and the most powerful being and has always been around and does marvelous and wondrous things. And we praise and we worship him. But we also need to think of him as a friend of ours. Okay. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. And that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. This is a great example of two friends communicating. How often when God shares something with us and we're not sure what that means, how often do we go back to him and ask him for some clarification? How often do we do that? Or do we take what God tells us and we just Say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do it, even though I may not know what it means. How many of us are willing to actually say, Lord, I don't know if I understand what you're saying to me. Like you said this, Lord, you, Moses here, you say to me, bring up this people, but you haven't told me with whom you're going to be sending with me. You told me to bring somebody, but you're not telling me who this is. If God gave you instruction, have you gone to him and said, Lord, I know you told me to go over here, but you haven't told me how to get there. How, how do I get there? See, if you do that, God is not going to just turn you away and say, don't ask me that. You go figure it out. God is going to tell you what you need to do. This is personal conversation with God right here. This is speaking to God as, as a friend. And, you know, there's nothing disrespectful about what Moses did. I know there's times we think that if, if, if I if I look at God as a friend, 
Okay. And I think about communicating with God as a friend or building a relationship with God the way I would build a relationship with another human being that that somehow that's disrespectful to God. That, that, that somehow I, I, I can't do that with God because he's so holy that, that I, I, I can't. It's just not possible. You just can't do those things. That's God. You don't do that to God. And what God is saying is that, no. As I'm talking to Moses, I'm talking to Moses as he's a friend of mine. And he wants that same thing for us. Because if, if, if we didn't look at God as a friend, there's no way we can draw near to him. There's no way we could draw near to him. And we can still think of him as a friend and treat him as a friend and still show reverence and respect that he deserves. Okay. But personal communication with God is one of the ways we draw so close to him. There shouldn't be anything in your life or anything that you can't feel like you can't say to God, even if you are upset with him. Even if you are upset with him. If you were upset with a friend, you would let that friend know if you're, it, you know, if they're a real friend, you would let that friend know that you were upset about something that they did. Well, if you were upset that, that, that God sent you in a, in a certain direction, you can share that with him. Lord, you know, I'm really bothered by the fact that you sent me down this road, Lord. This was a horrible feeling. I really didn't like that, Lord. God will talk back to you and he will share with you. My son, my daughter, I sent you down this road because I have something better in store for you. I sent you down that road because I know that you're capable of doing it. I gave you that job, even though you maybe feel like you're struggling with it and you're not sure why I have you there. I gave you that job because you can do it. You can do it. And I gave you that job because you asked me for something. And the thing that you asked me for was an alignment with my will. Therefore, I allowed it to happen. Many times we ask God to do something in our lives and we ask for a change. And when he comes in and disrupts us, we don't like it. Well, if we don't like to be disrupted, then we need to stop asking for change. Okay. Then we need to stop asking for change. But we need to be able to communicate with God and say, oh, Lord, you know, I know this is what I asked for. But, oh, man, this thing is difficult, God. This is so hard. I don't know what to do about this. I thought I was prepared. But, Lord, I don't even think I'm prepared for this. You can have that communication with God. It's not about fancy words and and, and, and and fancy music. You can just talk to God. Sometimes I'm outside. I just talk to God and say, Lord, this is such a beautiful day today. This is such a beautiful day. Or I'll look at a tree or something. I'll see a, a flower or something blooming on a tree. And I'll say, Lord, look at that. That is nice. Wow, that is nice. I'll sit there, you know, when we first moved into this house, you know, we had a lot of work that we needed to do on, on, on the yard. And I remember sometimes standing out there and I said, oh, Lord, Lord, this is a mess. How, how do you think I should handle this? Lord, wh which area do you think I should, I should tackle first? Because I'm thinking about starting here and doing this, this and this. And we literally will have a conversation back and forth. I think I'm going to do this, this and this. And he'll say, yeah, you might want to do this instead because here's why. And he'll point other things out to me I'm like, but I could do that. And we actually have a conversation. OK, because I try to think of God as a friend all the time and I can go to God with anything. And I do go to God with anything and everything. OK. Um, where did I leave off at? Who praise the living God? Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? 
So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So here again, you see Moses saying, okay, if you're going to, if your presence is going to go with me, okay, if you're going to go with me, understand that if you don't go with me, there's going to be some questions about who you are and who your people are. Okay. So therefore what he's saying to God, saying to God is saying, is saying, how about that, that, that we separate us. Okay. All right. You're saying that, that I found grace in your sight, right? So go with us. And then show how, show us who your people are. Separate us so that people know that these are my people. Okay. Verse four, uh, 16 again. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. Underline that. You have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. How many of us can truly say God knows us by name? And I'm not talking about knowing us by name from the perspective of the Bible saying that I knew you before the foundations of the world. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that we know God so well. Okay, and we spend so much time with God. We have such a deep relationship with God that God can say, yeah, I know him by name because all he does is spend time with me. All he does is spend time with me. You see, the thing about God is that there's no such thing as knocking on God's door and God saying, hey, come back later. I'm busy. I'm taking a nap. I got to go to a meeting at work. Or I'm just I'm just tired. I'm on vacation. Come back in three weeks. No, there's no such thing with God like that. You can go to God anytime and go to God all the time and he will never, ever, ever turn you away. Being, being, having God as a friend, friends will turn you away. Okay. Friends will turn you away. It's the way it is. It's, 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 it's the nature of the, uh, uh, of the world, right? Friends will turn you away. Human beings will turn you away. God will never turn you away. So if you think of God as a friend, understand that God is always going to be there for you. He will always answer when you call. Okay. He will always answer when you call. The key for us is to make sure that our relationship is so close to him that we can say that, yeah, I know God personally. And that God can say, yes, I know him personally, not just because I created him, but because we talk, because we communicate. Okay, because we meet, because he include he or she includes me in everything that, that, that they have going on in their life. They don't exclude me. They bring me into every aspect of their life. That's having a personal relationship with God. Moses had that personal relationship with God because he found grace in God's sight and God knows him by name. Okay. That's personal. This is a part that we miss oftentimes when it comes down to God. It's a part that we don't we don't totally get our heads wrapped around and we don't get it really, really deeply understood within our spirit that 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 we can be personal with God. Your closest friends, you think about your closest friends, they've seen you at your best and they've seen you at your worst. God has also seen you at your best and has seen you at your worst. The difference, though, is that God doesn't judge you when you're at your worst. God doesn't look at you and look at you any differently or think any any less of you because you are in your in your worst moment. In fact, that's when God really, really reaches out and says, come to me 
Come on, you're at your worst right now. Come to me. I got my hand held out here. Just grab my hand. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. He's not going to come out and condemn you because you're at it. You're having a, a, a breakdown. He wants to lift you up. He wants to build you up. He wants to get back into your life. But we have to make our relationship with God as something personal. So take some time and evaluate your communication with God. Think of him as your friend and communicate with him in that same manner as a friend. Don't be afraid to let him know how you're feeling, even if it's a, if you're feeling a way that you know that you shouldn't be feeling. Even if it is a negative thought, don't be afraid to tell him how you're feeling. Don't be afraid to talk to him about whatever it is that might be on your mind. Because there isn't anything, there isn't anything that you can't talk to God about. So talk to him about everything. Praise the living God. Well, I pray, pray that this message has been a blessing to you. Uh, and before we close, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the words that came forth today. And I ask that you would just help us to think of you as a friend and to help us to build our relationship with you so that we can be closer to you and that we can say that we know you personally and that and that we feel that that, that we can talk to you about anything, Lord, encourage us and give us the strength to be able to talk to you about anything and everything that we that we need to talk about, Lord God, knowing that you don't judge us and that there is no shame in coming to you with our with our concerns. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to watch over all your children, Lord God, that you would continue to keep us safe, that you would continue to guide us in all aspects of our lives and that you would continue continue to bless us, Lord, and help us to never forget who you are. We praise you, we love you, we magnify your most holy name in the mighty name of Jesus. And all together, everyone said amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, consider sharing it with those that uh, you come in contact with, you know, whether it's friends, family, loved ones, or even someone that might be giving you a hard time. Uh, you can find us at genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1 is that, that's one word, genesis1.sermon.net where you can find all of our podcasts that are posted. And if you click on the subscribe button at the top right corner, you'll be notified anytime a new message, uh, a new message gets posted. Well, praise God. I pray that you go in his peace, knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Praise God.